Let's go back to Destin. We bring in Jimmy Himes from the Sports Animal covering the event for our last check-in with him. And, uh, Jimmy, welcome back. How you doing? I'm doing great, Vince. Uh, there have been a lot of people here, but I don't think it's reached the level of pandemonium that you have <laughs> at Oak Ridge Nissan. No doubt about it. And we're talking to John McClain, and they were announcing another, as they do often in, in the afternoon, and another great sale. And uh, it just the, the pandemonium level certainly gets gets loud. But um, <laughs> I, uh, I just curious. Do you bring your your tennis racket or tennis rackets with you on the trip just in case, or do you just know you have no shot of being able to 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 get any uh any recreational sporting in down in Destin? I do bring my tennis racket. I have brought my tennis racket for many years and for many years I've not gotten the racket out of the bag uh, <laughs> It just hasn't been much time to play um, and I used to hear with my kids there's a court that's right here on the premises. Mm-hmm walking distance, but I just hadn't had time to do that. I do typically play in the golf tournament that they have on Thursday morning. Uh, I had to cut it short to 13 holes because the play was very slow, and I had to go on with uh, Heather and and Josh, and uh, we had played three and a half hours and only got in 13 holes. They were headed for a five-hour round. I did make a bet. I told you you might like this one. So I I played with Chad Mola, the SID of Missouri. And I said, you need to send a text message to Derek Dooley that says, if I break 85, he has to give me an interview. So he did. So he sent in that text message, and then I, saw, and then I had to leave. And I told Chad, I said, you tell Dooley that I had a prorated 83 because I was six over after 13. <laughs> and he said Dooley responded to him, don't believe anything that guy said. So, <laughs> so, I don't know if I'm going to get my interview with Derek Dooley. But I pulled out all the stops, Vince. I tried. Yeah, that is well done. Jimmy Himes joining us from Destin. Um, you, you, we were talking about the examples of showing plays that Steve Shaw did with the media members that were there. Uh, talked about the you know the the clarified rules for targeting this year. Um, was there anything else about that seminar, which I think is a great example to make a point to the media that not everybody can view things the exact same way? Uh, anything else from that seminar that caught your attention? Well, uh, the one thing we had mentioned earlier, the, the fact that they're going to um, uh, suspend a player for a game if he gets three targeting calls during the course of a season. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. They have eliminated the wedge block on a uh, kickoff return. So uh, it used to be that uh, you could have two guys form a wedge. Now, no wedge at all. And they found that there was a, an incredible reduction on the number of uh, concussions in the NFL and also on uh, touchbacks. They, you can now have a – well, let me restate that. You can fair catch a ball on the two-yard line. It comes out to the 25. And I don't have the percentage in front of me, but he mentioned the percentage in front of me, and he said on those plays, the number of concussions was reduced significantly. So they felt like that was a good rule to put in about fair catching it uh, inside the 25 and the ball coming back out to the 25. I thought that was a good one. One thing he also said is they're eliminating all these blindside hits. Now, you used to see these guys that would come up and de-cleat somebody, and I've heard a number of people in the media say, well, what's the guy supposed to do? Well, Shaw showed examples of people 
that tried to deplete, and he said, now that would be a penalty. He's, and then he showed a number of plays. Well, and of course, some of them were called as penalties also because that's a defenseless player. But then he showed several times when a player went up there and brushed somebody, uh, almost took a charge, uh, just kind of got in the way to deflect them, and all of them were effective and got the job done. He said, that's what we want. You don't have to go up there and try to take somebody's head off, uh, which many of them did. He said, but there is a way to make that block and make it with more safety. And so he showed those clips, and I, I thought that made an impact in watching those. Of course, when one Alabama player kind of sidesteps somebody, I asked Steve Shaw, I said, uh, was Saban okay with that block? And he didn't answer. So, I, <laughs> so Saban might have wanted a more aggressive hit. I don't know. But anyway, uh, that was one of them that came up that I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, and he talked about uh, the difficulty of officiating. And, he, and somebody said, as the speed of the game got to the point where it's too hard for officials to call it, he said, I don't think it's the speed of the game, the individual player speed. What's made it hard is the up-tempo offenses. That has made it harder to officiate the games. The official's trying to get back in place quickly if somebody's trying to get off the snap in 10, 12, 14 seconds. And so uh, that was one of the issues he said that has made it difficult, more difficult than officiating. He did talk about the seven-overtime game with LSU and A&M and how that led to the situation when now if you get to a four, uh, beyond the fourth overtime, teams go for a two-point conversion, uh, and then whoever wins it after that, that that'll – and the LSU-A&M game was the impetus for that. He said there were 255 plays in the LSU-A&M game. Now, keep in mind, when they count a play, it's not a snap from scrimmage always. That could be a punt. It could be a kickoff. It could be an extra point. Any play that occurs, they count that. And he said there were 255 of those plays. And so that led to the uh, the change in ruling for the overtime uh, to go in the direction they did about going with two-point conversions after the fourth overtime. And as you know, after the second overtime, you have to try a two-point play rather than the extra point kick. So that was one as well. And as I go through my notes to see if there was something else, and we already talked earlier about how he said there's a shortage of uh, high school officials, and that's a concern that eventually that might lead to the SEC. Uh, they are going to do this, and I think this is a good move. They are going to, uh, by the way, here it is, 12% of kickoffs in FBS were fair called. That was all. I thought it would have been higher than that. 12% of kickoffs were, were fair called on the field of play and moved to the 25. Uh, he said that uh, in an effort to have better communication with football coaches, officials are going, and a crew of officials will go and spend two days at every SEC football team's practices and a scrimmage. And if it's a defensive back official, he's going to be over there with the defensive backs, and he's going to say, that's pass interference, and this is not. You can do this. You can't do that. Uh, linemen, they're going to work on holding. Uh, they do also have a rule that you can't have any blindside hit. Uh, and that, um, oh, oh, I'm sorry, but let me restate that. Blocking below the waist is, you cannot do that unless it's, you're directly in front of the person. So it's okay for a guard to drive out and, and, and block a tackle below the waist, but, but he's got to be straight ahead. And then you have to be within the box to do that. So that's one of the, uh, one of the rules. But I think it's a good idea, Vince, to send these officials to these schools and also to go over the new rules. Because there have been times when there's been a new rule passed, and you hear a coach, so I didn't know that. So they're going to spend more time in an effort to do that. 
and uh, he also talked about trying to be more quote transparent and and uh, and at times respond to particular calls if that call draws enough interest and enough criticism to warrant it. He didn't say exactly what that level was, but he said that they would not do that. Also asked if he might have a pool reporter. Uh, he said no. He said uh, not during the regular season, although sometimes at bowl games they do provide pool reporters uh, mm-hmm. in football. Jimmy, uh, we appreciate your coverage all week. Who made it possible for you? Uh, we want to thank the folks at Fleet Tire. You flat them, they'll fix them, but we thank them. We thank the University of Tennessee Athletics, uh, and they appreciate the loyalty of the fans through the years. And also for Rick McGill Airport Toyota, uh, they have uh, provided me with a vehicle to come down here for a number of years. One other quick thing, I have posted on our blog the story of the SEC adopting a policy in which schools can sell alcohol on campus. It's got a lot of details to it, so you can go to our website and read that blog. And I just saw the, uh, a team Alabama issue a statement and said that we don't have we have one of the best game day atmospheres in the country, and we don't envision making changes at this time. A lot of the other statements that I'm starting to to see in my inbox from other SEC schools are a little bit more open ended. Like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna look into this. But that that was one of the schools that said, uh, we're not making any changes. We don't think we will at any time. So. Uh, but uh, check out Jimmy's blog, sportsradiownml.com, brought to you by Big Kahuna Wings. Jimmy, awesome job all week. Safe travels, and we'll uh, see you on Monday. Thank you, Vince. Appreciate it. Have a great day. All right, you too. That is Jimmy Himes from the SEC Spring Meetings in Destin.